0: Yevamos per Gimel, Mishnah Yud 3.10. We end the chapter with a Mishnah which, A, has nothing to do with what we said before, not about Yevamos whatsoever, and B, it's a little kind of, it's a funny Mishnah, a little peculiar, a little sad. Since we were talking about in the previous Mishnah's brothers marrying sisters and people getting switched up in marriages and the questions that arise therefrom. so our mission here is going to have a strange case and say how you could possibly have Um, a mix-up which could lead to multiple isurams simultaneously and what to do about it. So the Mishnah says, You have two guys, and they marry two girls. They did a kiddushin. Now you remember, kiddushin, the first step of marriage, is what effects um, the restriction of this woman to every other person on planet Earth, as an ashes ish, as a married woman, meaning even though they didn't have the second stage of marriage, Chuppah, she didn't move in with him. Still, if someone would sleep with her now, they'd be liable to bring a chatas as an ish. So these two guys that got Kedushim with these two girls, when they're bringing them into the Chopah there, the wives get mixed up, and Mr. A gets Mr. B's wife, and Mr. B gets Mr. A's wife, meaning his Arus, the one who had Kedushim with them. And then they each... End up sleeping with the person who actually is not the person with whom they did kedushin. So then, hare elu chayavim mishum ish. So now each of the parties involved is on the hook for doing the iser of ish of sleeping of adultery. Now, I'm just a, a few like tactical points on this. Number one, the Mishnah says hechalifu. <laughs> hechalifu means they switched around. Meaning the actual literal translation would suggest that these two men were like. You know, perverse, and decide to intentionally switch their wives around, um, and like trade wives. So that is the literal meaning, but that is definitely not the pshat in the Mishnah, not because the Mishnah couldn't conceive of such a strange activity, um, but because we'll see later on in the Mishnah they're allowed to still stay married to their wives, and the din would be if a person intentionally, um, if a woman is intentionally mazana, so then she becomes forbidden to her husband. So that's not the case here. The case here is that they got mixed up on accident. So really, the proper grammar probably should be not hechalifu; they switched their wives rather the wives got mixed up ابي as a mate, that's the Mishnah's intention now um second of all just speaking out the chiv, when one sleeps with a married woman that's a ishar karas penalty of karas and the consequences are when it's done bishogeg through negligence not not willfully done so as the case over here is then your chayev to bring a khatas, a sin offering. So, who brings the khatas? Both he and she. Both the man and the adulterous woman both each have to bring a khatas. So, notice an area here since there are two men and two women and they are both, both pairs are like illicit relationships, even if it's bishoge accidental. So, that means that all four of them will have to bring one khatas. So, it's one khatas per customer or four in total. Now the mission adds and says, achim." if it happens to be that these two guys were actually brothers, so things get more complicated. They're also obligated Meshum Ach. In addition to Ish, in addition to the prohibition of sleeping with someone else's wife, they also have the prohibition of a woman can't sleep with her husband's brother. That's what we learned from the Masechta many times already, unless in the context of Yibum. That being the case, if the two men were brothers, so then these the two acts of um, adultery between, you know, the two couples end up making all four parties on the hook for two karbonos two chataos, one chatas for ashes ish, which is a chiv and one chatas for eshes ach, your brother's wife, also a chiv Kharas, and therefore also a chiv Um As a side point, there's a mechlukas tanayim, whether you can have like multiple isurim chalm on top of the other and piling up like that, this ton holds, yes, you could have multiple surim that could, you know, aggregate to have you be high of multiple chataos if it's called isr achas, if like the forbidden act happens, you know, all at once. So one act that is two separate surim will carry two simultaneous penalties of two chataos for each of the four participants. It says the Mishnah, if in addition, not just were the two, bro- two men brothers, but the two women were sisters, so now you have another no, no, that you've done. There's a prohibition of marrying a woman and her sister or sleeping with your wife's sister. And that being the case. Since these guys each were marrying sisters and they slept with their wife's sister accidentally, they're on the hook for yet another chatas. Now it's three per customer. One for H.S. Ish, one for H and one for Isha Lachosa. So the mission not only that, but if it happens to be that these women were nidos, I'm sure everyone's familiar, they're menstruating or whatever, Anida, they were after without going to the mikvah, etc. So the, uh, to sleep with Anida is also an Isser so which carries the penalty of a So now you're on the hook for a fourth one of Mishum Nida. So in total, each of the four participants would have to bring four chataos. If it turned out there are two married brothers marrying two sisters, the couples got mixed up, and the two women were both Nidos. Now, moving on. Past the obligation to bring the korbonos here, what do you do next? So since it was a mistake, the couples can stay together. We need to first make sure that no one got pregnant. Because if someone got pregnant, then the offspring would be mamzerim. So we can't just ignore that fact. And therefore, the rule is, after this happens, the husband and wife get correctly reunited, but they can't be together for three months so, mafrishno's son, shlosha, chadashim, you severed them for three months, to see, shema mu'ubaroshen, lest one of the two women became pregnant. If they became pregnant, so then that child would be a mamzer, because the offspring of an illegitimate relationship which carried with it the penalty of karas. Um, after you resolve that issue, um, they could get back together, but the katanos, if the women themselves were, um, still minors, that means, let's say, they hadn't yet reached puberty, and therefore they couldn't have they couldn't get pregnant yet. Whatever. where they were just katanos, the father accepted cutus for them when they were like eleven years old. It sounds crazy, but in the time of the mission, I don't think it was that uncommon for girls around twelve years old to get engaged, etc. But anyways, if it happened, so then if they were katanos, and ru'uyus since they are not fitting of giving birth, they're still too young to give birth, then machir nasam miyad, then there's no reason to keep them separated for three months because there's no chance that they're pregnant yet, and therefore there's no concern. The mahayu kohanos, like a new point here. If it happened to be that these women were children of Kohana, meaning their father was a Kohen, then nifslu lumina truma, then they become forbidden, invalidated from ever eating truma. This is the final case it's a little different. The point is that if a woman is a bas Kohen, the daughter of a Kohen, so long as she is being living as part of her father's home, his household, and the Torah assumes that a woman since she's always part of her father's household until she moves into with her husband. That's the case, so then while she lives in the household of her father, she partakes in Truma along with him. When she gets married to a non cohen so she becomes now part of her husband's household, the husband's not a Kohen, therefore she no longer is allowed to partake of Truma. If her husband dies, and, this is a very important caveat, and she has no children from him, so then she now essentially reverts back to her father's household, meaning once again, she can eat truma. That's the normal case. If she has children from her marriage, so then she started her own household. She's like a separate unit, independent from her father. Therefore, even after her husband, the non-Cohen, dies, she doesn't like go back to her father's home, meaning she remains forever and no longer part of the Cohen household and no longer will be able to eat truma. But assuming she has no children, she goes back to her father's household. That's the general rule. But our mission is talking about a case where this woman was Mazana. She was a participant in an adulterous act. Now, the rule is that a boss Cohen who participates in an adulterous act, even if it's um, an accident, or even if it's intentional, or even if it's... Um, uh, beyond our circumstances beyond our control, right? Then we call it an onus. It doesn't matter. Whatever the case is, even as an onus, she becomes forbidden evermore from eating truma. So that means in the case over here, even though it was an accident, which is a shogic, and she her adultery was accidental, if she later subsequently gets reunited with her husband and he dies and they have no children, she would go back to her father's household but forever be forbidden to partake of truma from his household because of what happened early on in the marriage. And that'll be lahalacha. Before I wrap it up, let me just say that... um this idea of three months um, does also have a lot ramifications beyond the very crazy case of our Mishnah. Anytime a woman gets divorced or widowed, she's supposed to wait three months before getting remarried to ensure that whatever child that comes later can certainly be ascribed to her new husband or her, her husband as a husband as as appropriate. And with that, we finish the third parak of Yivamos.